Hello and welcome to this Building Blocks episode of Unpacking the Case, where I am once again joined by our Head of Legal Training here at DJB, Richard Snape, who will be discussing the case of Hill and Topper, which relates to easements. Richard, would you mind starting off by telling me a bit of background about the case? Yeah, it's a Court of Exchequer Chamber case. It's one of those formative cases on, on easements that uh, occurred and on the concept of easements is many, many years old, as we've mentioned in other cases. But it's one of those formative cases in the latter half of the 19th century, Court of Exchequer Chamber case. Uh, and it's about the fact to, to have a, a potential easement. I mean, we discussed it in a, another one of our top 20 cases, we Ellenborough Park, from 1956, the characteristics of an easement, but amongst other things, to actually qualify as an easement in the first place, there's got to be a dominant and servient piece of land. And uh, the right you're claiming must actually benefit the dominant land, accommodate the dominant tenement, as they say in the older cases, as opposed to being purely personal. It must make the land a better place, if you like. And what were the facts of the case? It involved pleasure tours on boats and the Basingstoke Canal. Seems like idyllic. Uh, The Basingstoke Canal Company, back in the 19th century, in the mid-19th century, have granted a lease uh, to Hill um, of uh, Aldershot Wharf. And also there was a boathouse and a cottage where they lived as well. But they'd also granted them express exclusive rights, uh, contractual rights to run these pleasure boats on the canal um, for a day out in Aldershot. And uh, they, Tupper, um, started running their own uh, boats uh, on the canal, on the same stretch of canal. What they were doing was running boats for the purpose of people um, bathing in the canal. I'm not sure I'd do that. Uh, And also uh, fishing in the canal. And Hill objected to this and claimed that they got an easement. Uh, An easement is a property right. It would bind third parties. Uh, If it's purely contractual, it doesn't bind third parties. And that's the significance of claiming it's an easement. And uh, the court decided that uh, it uh, was purely contractual. It was personal. It couldn't be an easement. And therefore, you couldn't protect your rights. The only way it could be protected is by persuading the, the canal owners, your landlords, the Basingstoke Canal Company, to actually take enforcement action against the top of themselves, which they wouldn't do. Um, so that's it. It's the case that really made clear that uh, easements must be for the benefit of the, the, dom- the dominant land and not just purely personal. Uh, it's also uh, that uh, the, the chief judgment, it was uh, Chief Baron Pollock, stated quite famously that a new species of incorporeal hereditament cannot be created at the will and pleasure of the owner of property. An incorporeal hereditament, well, an easement is an example of that's an intangible right that you have over another person's property, like a right of access or something like that. And you just can't create brand new easements at will. Um, That's another thing which was uh, discussed and mentioned. Are there any examples of new easements being recognised? Yeah, over the years, in spite of that, you can't just suddenly create brand new easements at will, but there are numerous examples of of, um, the the courts recognising Uh, rights as easements. I remember one, for instance, in 1976, uh, Doughty, Bolton, Paul and Wolverhampton Corporation, which recognised that use of an airfield could be an easement. Obviously, back in the 19th century, there was not much cause to use airfields. 
uh, for fairly obvious reasons. My personal favourite was a 1956 case called Miller and Emsa Products, which was about uh, use of a toilet on a neighbouring land. It could be an easement. Doesn't mean to say automatically you've got a right to use the toilet. Don't just sort of barge into next doors. They also mentioned because easements are supposed to not uh, involve exclusive possession, they're rights over other people's land. So you can't exclude the serving donor from the land. But the judge did recognise that there would be a degree of exclusive possession of the toilet. But uh, you wouldn't be there for too long, hopefully. The most recent, actually, is a, a Supreme Court case from December 2018 called Regency Villas and Diamond Resorts where Regency Villas were freeholders of timeshares and uh, their predecessors back in the early 80s had given, been given a right, right to use uh, leisure and sporting facilities in the neighbouring um, premises. Um, and that was a country estate called Broom Hall in Kent. Uh, and, uh, and amongst other things, swimming pools and the likes, and the swimming pool had been filled in. And they, they argued, and many other issues going on, but they argued that uh, this was a breach of our easement, our property rights, it passed to us uh, because it was a, an easement. And the Supreme Court ex you know, accepted the fact that uh, in this day and age, sporting and leisure facilities could constitute, or the right to use sporting leisure facilities, recreational facilities on neighboring land could be an easement. So there are numerous examples over the years. Richard, thank you so much for talking me through that. That was really interesting. And to all of our listeners, I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Unpacking the Case as much as we have. 